Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Momming Autism Podcast, where we are providing a positive platform for special needs parents, caregivers, and others to share their story about raising children with special needs. We are your hosts, Amanda DeLuca and KDMD, and today we are so excited to bring you one of the sweetest ladies that I have the pleasure of knowing, Nicole Moritt, and her unique story of becoming a special needs parent. So welcome, Nicole. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for such a warm welcome, Amanda. It's a pleasure, absolute honor to be with you. So Nicole, could you kind of introduce yourself and um, let everybody know a little bit about you and your journey and connection? Um, with the special needs community and the Down syndrome community in particular. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, again, as Amanda had shared, my name is Nicole Moret, and um, my husband and Ben and I have been married for going on eight years now. And uh, what's really interesting is our journey to um, being a part of the Down syndrome community, um, which is just a, an absolute wonderful and engaging group of people, um, was it was kind of unique. So. You know, so many people who become a part of this community uh, do so through birth. Um, So many parents uh, will find out um, that, you know, their children have Down syndrome at some point in their pregnancy and, um, you know, have a lot of, you know, uh, various emotions, you know, know, some fears and concerns and excitement and and everything that that are kind of bottling up at once and they only have a few months to, to kind of prepare themselves. Um, you know, for Ben and I, we knew uh, that we wanted to adopt really early on in our relationship. And so we started our journey to adoption about four years ago. And, um, you know, we, we, you know, you're faced with this giant medical checklist, which is quite possibly one of the most overwhelming things we've ever seen. And so, you know, item by item, you just start to research each of those medical conditions. And for us, we just felt like Down syndrome just really jumped out at us and we felt like that was the right thing for us to do. Um, and so, you know, our our journey was really much more of choice um, and, and acknowledging that that is a, a community we wanted to be a part of and uh, a child that we really, you know, felt called to, to bring home and become a part of our family. Um, and so what was really interesting is as we started to share this information with our families um, and, and the people that you know love us most, I think it, their their initial thoughts were you know some of concern. You know why are you making this decision to you know in, in some cases sharing language like throwing yourself your your you know your life away or you know why are you bringing on this amount of worry. Um, and fear and pain. And it was such an interesting question for us. And I guess we hadn't really thought about it in those terms. And at first to be totally transparent, you know, we were frustrated. Here we were in this place of celebration and joy and excitement um, about, you know, this child that we were, you know, just thinking about for years and and couldn't wait to be with us. And and yet, you know, I have really come to be in a place of compassion with that reaction response. Um, and I think it's a really good call to action for us as parents um, of children who have, uh, you know, varied abilities and different needs to show um, that so many of our children uh, are in such a place of um, value and not deficit. Um, so when I think of our little one, when I think of, uh, we, we have named her Rui. Um, so when I think of our, our uh, little Ru, we see her as all the things that she's going to be able to do, the ways that she's going to challenge us and, um, 
you know, bring so much joy in the ways that we're going to, you know, feed into her. And I think one of the big fears that we have is just being the parents that she needs. Um, so, you know, I, I am just so grateful for the incredible uh, resources that we have in our community and the wonderful friends who have really come around us um, in the Down syndrome community um, to, to provide just, you know, a family that helps us to celebrate this incredible gift and, uh, you know, challenges our families around us to see uh, the beautiful benefits that are ahead. I think it's so beautiful that you say a journey of choice. Um, and I think even though for, you know, myself and for Katie, that special needs um, was just a part of our story. It wasn't a choice. Looking at it from your perspective of you have a choice that this journey can be beautiful or this journey can be something that you're sad about. And it's okay to grieve for a little while. We did. We all have done that. Absolutely. But now it's looking at how do we make the best of it? How do we make the best um, decisions for our children, find the best support for our children, find the best, um, you know, extracurriculars or whatever. Um, and really that mindset is so important. And I think um, for me, and I think Katie, you can agree with this, that we question everything that we do as special needs parents. Should we go out in the community? Should we push harder? Is, you know, all of these things. And if you're questioning if you're doing enough, you are doing enough, you are a good parent because you're worried that you're not. <laughs> Absolutely. I love that you were sharing that moment of grief um, because I think, you know, what really helped us to have so much compassion for the people who loved us and, and struggled with our decision is when we were really honest with ourselves. I mean, um, you know, when when we had dreamed about what our family would look like, you know, you think about college graduations and you think about weddings and you think about, you know, some of those bigger milestones in life. And I think there was certainly a moment of grieving that she may not want that in life or she may not have interest in that in life or that just may not be the path for her. Um, and so there's, there's definitely a very real and honest grieving moment to say, um, you know, what are our conversations going to look like? You know, for our little one, she's going to be speaking Chinese um, and she has uh, kind of low language um, uh, interest at this time. And so a lot of it is going to be via sign language. Um, and so that's a, that's going to be a new, a new adventure for us as well and not something that was necessarily part of our initial plan. Um, but I think what we are really, um, I'm really grateful for my husband in the way that we um, I think challenging each other when we're struggling um, and help to lift each other up to see the incredible excitement and adventure and the things that we had not planned for. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I very much appreciate um, the, the reference to grief. And I think, you know, if we're all honest, that is absolutely a part of this process. It is. Um, and it's important not to stay there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's, we have to acknowledge those feelings are true and they are valid, but we can't stay there. Um, and I think it's interesting that you said um, um, her low interest in language wasn't something you planned. Um, and with Jackson, I didn't um, know in that moment that if that there were other forms of communication, my main focus was talking. He went through every communication medium before he came to talking. There was sign language and picture exchange and iPad. 
before we got to verbalization. And um, I wish someone would have told me then, you need to look at it as communication, not just words, um, because it would have changed my mindset so many years ago. And Katie, I think you can kind of talk about that too, because your um, your boys are the same. They um, use other forms as primary communication, but it is communication. Definitely. Our oldest son, Avery, you know, I kind of the same. I wish someone would have told me at the very beginning to look at it as communication. We looked at it as words. So we went through um, just a very long stretch with Avery at the very beginning where I found myself very frustrated that the words were not coming. And, you know, um, we were pushing for words so incredibly hard. And we kind of came to this kind of, uh, you know, I want to say it was almost like a breaking point where just he was frustrated, I was frustrated, and then we had to we had to step away and take a break and then come back. And when we came back, we came back with, you know, a fresh perspective on everything. We came back with a little bit of sign language, a little bit of PEX cards. And uh, then from there, uh, years now down the road, Avery is 10, um, now he is talking, um, you know, not talking in full sentences by any means, but the words did come. Mm-hmm. And I think we just had to hit a point, um, you know, early on when he was younger, I, I kind of grieved for that. You know, are we going to ever be able to talk to him? You know, I can talk, but is he going to talk back? All I wanted to hear was his little voice. Um, and, and it was really, really tough. But now looking back, you know, you almost, I, I say this lots um, in conversations with family members, I almost feel silly like that, you know, I got so worked up and so upset uh, that the words weren't coming and that I was almost, to a point I think I almost felt selfish, like that that I needed that because he was quite content. You know, he, he still, you know, um, received you know treats and and got to go places and he was quite content um living his life without words um you know he really uh communicated with us by pointing to things but i just wanted that for him so badly i wanted you know there's so many things um in avery's life that are are not you know aren't applied or aren't part of his you know story that i wanted words to be his thing but looking back now you know um we've came so incredibly far and and it's you know always interesting to hear other people's stories and and journeys and how they see things because it's really Mm eye-opening and jackson was always communicating i was just focused on the words and i wish i would have like you said taken a step back because there was always communication happening it just wasn't my preferred method. <laughs> no, that's such wonderful encouragement. I think such an important and critical point um, where I think, you know, we as parents just still have so much opportunity um, to pay attention to the unique ways that our children were created, right? You know, there are mm-hmm. certainly things that, um, you know, a typical child may you know, communicate during a certain pattern. And, and, you know, I think we're conditioned to look at growth charts and development charts and, and to see, um, you know, space and loss and, and, you know, where we're behind instead of focusing so intently the way that you, um, 
that you both have shared around the ways that we are communicating, the ways that we are uh, progressing. Um, and it may just not follow a chart uh, and these like mm-hmm. very you know traditional ways of looking at things. So I think that's just a lot of encouragement and I really appreciate that perspective. Mm-hmm. Nicole, can you talk a little bit about um, Gigi's Playhouse and your involvement and um, the blessings that you've seen come from that because I think a lot of people still don't know about it but it's such an amazing organization oh my gosh absolutely I would I would love to shout it from the rooftops um you know when we um when we made this decision we we did feel alone and a little bit lost um I had shared that you know the the community that we had around us just didn't really have a lot of familiarity with um, down syndrome or Know, people who are involved in the Down syndrome community and so for us we were just hungry for a resource and for information and honestly just someone who understood us <laughs> um, and uh, so we moved um, from Michigan to Canton Ohio and almost immediately we just felt like things started to fall in place we learned about Gigi's um, through a mutual friend in our small group. We go to church and um, she had shared, hey, you know, I, I know that this is, you know, what um, what you, you felt like you were called to do, but, you know, have you thought about the other resources that might be in the area to support you while you're waiting? Um, because certainly the adoption process is quite long, uh, several years. So, um, and it was wonderful. We had an opportunity to, um, attend a class and from the moment we walked in the door you know admittedly I got a you know quite a bit emotional as we walked in and I saw these children smiling and laughing and having relationships with each other and you know um, you know working on their motor skills and fun ways and singing songs and um, I think it just created this sense of peace for me Um, and had an opportunity to get to know some of the parents. They gave us a tour of the facility. Um, You know, just the the fact that Gigi's offers all of these services, therapies, um, you know, activities, classes for free. It's just incredible. I mean, that's astounding, right? Just the fact that these services are offered and available within 10 minutes of our home. Um, just really felt like we were exactly where we needed to be. So, you know, we we took a step um, back and really thought about how could we dig deeper into this uh, organization, into into this community. And we have a very close friend who has two daughters uh, who have Down syndrome, and we've become very close to them. And um, and so, you know, one of the individuals that were that we uh, that we're close to helped to start the Gigi's Playhouse in Canton, and so. Um, we saw that there was an open board position so my husband actually joined the board of directors and has been a part of that team now for several months and uh, I just think that every time we walk into a class um, where our little one is going to be a part of you know that that family that we just feel a sense of being home um, and a feel a sense of being understood without having to say anything and I think we mm-hmm. just feel a sense of peace that um, we have parents around us who are going to uh, believe the best in us and do everything they, they can to support us at times when we don't know what we're doing and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think I was just even more encouraged when I learned more about some of the programs they offer uh, to new families or parents who recently found out that their um, child who's about to be born um, has Down syndrome. And that can be such a scary time um, as, you know, this is not part of their plan as expectant parents. And so much of what we know of Down syndrome from a social perspective isn't very positive. Um, you know, some of the things that people say are, wow, people with Down syndrome are always happy and laughing and smiling. And, you know, we know as being part of the community that children with Down syndrome get mad and angry too, and that's great. Um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, aside from that, they they often think of, of children with Down syndrome as having very low potential and, um, you know, needing lifelong care and not being able to contribute to, uh, you know, society and, and be, you know, incredible inspirational leaders and communities. And um, I think that Gigi's offers a beacon of hope and shows people a new narrative that children with Down syndrome adults with Down syndrome have the ability to be just as world-changing as typical, you know, children and adults, and they just take their own path, and they have a different way of getting to uh, a similar place. And I think um, that is the hope that we as parents need to hear and feel in some of our darkest moments. I think it's so amazing um, that you said you felt understood without even having to say anything. because almost every mom who we have talked to and um, dad that we have talked to, um, their biggest piece of advice is to find your tribe, find a group, um, and that's what you have. And that is such a gift because um, special needs parenting can feel very lonely um, and it doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be. No, I think that you're right. And I think it's also um, a safe space to be honest, you know? I think sometimes we we feel a need to pretty everything up, right? And make make it sound like we're keeping it all together. And um, one of my favorite moments was I walked into a class, even just a few weeks ago, we were volunteering uh, in the classroom, uh, Leaps and Bounds, where our daughter is going to be. And um, as we were volunteering, one of the moms just said, I'm sorry, I'm, I need a moment. And, you know, took a step back and we all kind of stepped in uh, with her son and and you know helped him through the class and I think it's it's this area of acceptance and acknowledging that we're a team um, and that we are there mm-hmm. to support each other and we all have challenging days and that's why we're here you know we're here to be uh, a support system to each other and to our children and that uh, I think the the word tribe was a great great uh, word for that. Beautiful. So Nicole, um, we always ask someone to share advice um, and it can be one piece, it can be several pieces, but advice you have for other parents who are walking a path that may be very similar to yours, whether it be they have a child who was um, adopted um, and with Down syndrome or an expectant mother who knows that her child is going to be born with Down syndrome, um, what's something that you can pass along for them? You know, I was most encouraged by one of the other moms who was talking to me the other day, and I have a tendency, I'm sure like many parents, you know, dads, moms alike, um, to want to be the best mom that I can be to her and and be what she needs. Um, And I I was realizing that even before she's here, um, I feel like 
falling short sometimes of uh, of what the type of mom that she would that would be best for her and um, this mom just shared I don't have to always have it completely together no one truly knows exactly what they're doing but I love her far more than I could ever imagine and just as they love their children far more than they can imagine and that that is absolutely 100% enough and then I think um, even when I'm feeling like I cannot do it all I believe you know, I guess as a person of faith that um, I'm given the things that I need to get through this time frame. And sometimes that's, you know, a moment of clarity and peace and some, like you said, a tribe around me. But I think it's just acknowledging that I don't always have to have it together and perfect and that uh, I will still absolutely be enough for her. So I think it's just giving yourself grace and acceptance and allowing yourself to be human. I say to Sal all the time, um, I'm going to unload everything I think I'm not doing that is enough. And I know that that is not true. And I know that tomorrow will be better, but I just need to unload it. I need you to acknowledge it. And then we can move <laughs> on um, because he can't fix it. I'm not asking him to problem solve. I just need to say it so I can let go of it. And I think that's Absolutely. okay. <laughs> so I have like another little piece that I would share. And I think that it's just that there's hope. You know, I think um, as parents in the adoption process, uh, we've been in through it, like I shared about four years now. And of course, in a four year time period, it's like being pregnant for four years. And you can imagine as a, you know, a mom who's gone through pregnancy that it's really painful being pregnant for four-ish years. Um, and, you know, certainly as a mom is, is sitting in a doctor's office learning for the first time that their child has Down syndrome and not knowing what that means for their future, I would just say, hang on. There is absolutely hope. Um, there is going to be so much goodness in, in this situation. Um, and to give yourself time to process through it, to grieve, to be honest, and then to see and recognize and celebrate the hope um, that is ahead. Because uh, whether it is uh, a connection with your the community around you or a place like Gigi's who reaches out to you in that very difficult time with a care package and says, hey, we love you. We celebrate this child. We're here with you when you're ready to learn more about down syndrome um, that there is there is hope and there's a community waiting for you that is so beautiful <laughs> well Nicole thank you so much for giving hope to so many other mamas and um, I can't wait um, until your little girl gets to come home because I know you and Ben are going to be amazing parents you already thank are thank you so much and thanks again just for the absolute honor of being with you tonight this is just so wonderful I appreciate the opportunity it's been it's it's been amazing well thank you everyone we hope that um you find some hope here um that nicole gave us all and you enjoy um, and we will talk to you all next week thank you so much <laughs>